Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Sweet! Suck it! Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is back for its 91st episode, only nine away from 100, the century mark. This is Corey. Oh, we're, we're at 100, Corey. I'm going to do the show naked, by the way. That will be the moment I'm... where it's an audio-only version for me as well. <laughs> uh, well, that voice you heard, like always, is our, our man, uh, Jason Brooks. Jason, welcome to the show this week, just like everybody else, like I said. Nine episodes away from 100, and the way we've been going, it might be, you know, maybe 18 weeks, because unfortunately, last week, you know, we weren't able to do a show due to timing and everything else. I don't really think we missed much, to be honest, uh, but you know what? I think if we had to leave them with an episode beforehand, I think the uh, episode, last episode we did with uh, talking about the state of women's wrestling, I think is a great one for people to be able to listen to at least once, twice, three times, or, you know, 25, depending on how you want to help our numbers on iTunes. Yeah, our girl Sierra Reed really uh, stepped it up, and she was a prognosticator if we've ever heard one. She she said exactly what the women needed to do, and that's exactly what Paige did. So I'll be very curious to talk about that with you during this episode. Very cool. And like I said, you know, check out that in our past episodes on iTunes. Uh, we always enjoy the support, and anytime you can leave a... Uh, a review, it's always helpful, uh, good or bad, but, you know, we'd love to know what you're thinking out there. On Twitter, at, at worked, shoot, hide, and at my personal one, Paladin808, which I know no one really ever cares about. But, uh, Jason, it's been two weeks since we've spoken. A lot has happened. We'll get into the whole Tyus Sting Night of Champion situation, but uh, you brought to my attention uh, a report coming from Wrestling Observer, one of the best guys in the business, Dave Meltzer, saying how uh, the word panic has been heard around WWE in regards to uh, the ratings over the last two to three weeks. Uh, We've spoken about on the show the idea, and I've said this more than anything else, that the minute the NFL comes back, WWE ratings might tank. And you know what? They had an excuse for Labor Day, but last two weeks... WWE ratings are going down, and I think this was, I think I read somewhere this was the lowest rating for a non-holiday show in like 15 years. This is... I mean, Corey, if you, if you did not have, and we're going to talk more about this, but just this one question. Sure. If you were not doing a podcast, would you have cared about watching Raw the last couple of weeks? I know staying in whatever, but would you have really been like, I have to watch Raw? Well, if we haven't had a, if we didn't have a podcast, I don't think I'd be watching... I would have not watched uh, wrestling for the last, like, 90 weeks. Um, and I'll be the first one to say I don't know if I said this on Twitter, but I know I told you this and a couple other people. Now that football has started, Monday nights, Sunday nights, a.k.a. when WWE and other companies have pay-per-views and when Raw is at, or Thursday, which I don't usually watch SmackDown Live anyway, football is my number one priority, and I de- I'll de- DVR everything. And I'll try to watch everything still, but I'm a huge football fan. You're a huge football fan. I'm sorry. I'm not watching the uh, a subpar to, you know, decent at times product when you have the NFL on. And 
that's that's uh, maybe it's you know doing a podcast. I should be more raw, raw. Wrestling is the most important thing. In no, Dolph, we see Dolph Ziggler and Lana and Rusev every week. Every week we see them. I mean, we know it's going to be some horrible acting by Summer. Lana's going to be in a ridiculous outfit. Ziggler is not really going to be there, and Rusev will be yelling and screaming in Bulgaria. I mean, we know the you know. Seth Rollins is going to go to Mommy and Daddy, Triple H and Stephanie. I mean, we know what's going on. If you miss Raw one week, you're not missing anything. That's the problem. It's not during the Attitude Era. I know we talk about the Attitude Era a lot. But during the Attitude Era, there were some really crappy episodes for sure. Um, but there were, a lot, there were things that you couldn't miss. You know what I mean? And now it's it's all the same thing. It's all the same. Man, and listen, we had a great SummerSlam post, you know, post SummerSlam Raw, but that, you know, that's about what you're gonna get. I mean, that's about what you're gonna get. I mean, they just had Night of Champions, and I thought Raw was, you know, I mean, the women's thing I thought was really interesting, but it wasn't a great show. It just, it just wasn't. I, I can't disagree with you, man. I'd love to be like the counterpoint to this argument, and I know when we fight, it's, it's more interesting. I'm sure to the listeners and to me, but uh, honestly. Wrestling should be better than it is right now. This is what's ha- this is what has happened for year upon year. Once SummerSlam is over, you reach that malaise period where, until possibly Survivor Series, more likely when you get those last couple of roars at the end of the year, right before you set up for the Rumble, it's a dead period. I mean, and you would have hoped, and this is what I had hoped, and I'm apparently I was wrong. When you have people, I know it's only nine ninety nine, or if you live in you know Canada, it's eleven ninety nine. But when you when you have people paying for your product month to month on the network, you would think there would be more incentive to put on a damn good, awesome product. And as much as we love, and this is a total offshoot for a second, but as much as we love NXT, I'll be the first one to say, you know what, NXT's been good, but it's been nowhere as good as it was a couple of months ago. That might be because well, of the I mean, they've lost a lot of, they've lost their best guys. You know? Absolutely, but I think it's just a common idea, the fact that even though people are now paying paying for this, not just not deciding if they want a month-to-month pay for a pay, you know, $54 pay-per-view, you know, you're paying for a network every month. You would have hoped it would have been a better product and it would have motivated, you know, the people in Stanford, Connecticut to actually say, we've got to put on better shows. Maybe they think this is the best show possible. Maybe, maybe we're the ones, maybe the wrestling fans are the stupid ones, and we don't know how good we have it. I doubt it. But really, what are we doing here? This, this is the problem. Now, the, so the October 19th Raw, they're bringing in all these stars. If you don't, I mean... It's a spoiler alert, but, I mean, they announced that they're bringing the guys in. So, sorry if I'm spoiling it for you. Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Undertaker, and Brock. That's going to be the October 19th Raw in Dallas. They usually never advertise names until the day of the show, um, and sometimes on social media. But they're doing it two weeks in advance. No, a month in advance. Why? Because the shows haven't been good. The ratings haven't been strong. This is the problem, though. The problem is is they need to bring in all these old stars from the Attitude Era to build up ratings. They, It's not the creative team's fault. It, it's not, you know, maybe they haven't done great with some of their storylines. But the biggest problem is they haven't built up stars. We've been saying this. We talked about this at SummerSlam, how the, how the old stars were the ones who were most over with the crowd. 
People want to see stars. They don't want to see, as Corey always says, 50-50 booking. They want to see big-time, larger-than-life stars. And we got Sheamus losing one week. He's money in the bank next week. He's losing next week. Dolph Ziggler's losing to Lana, Rusev, Summer Rae, and then he's beating John Cena. I mean, nobody's over. Nobody's a star. And that's the issue. You know, the Shield was over, and I think the Shield were the closest thing the WWE has had to three guys who could legitimately be stars. And I, and I think they're doing okay with them, but they're not to the level of where I think they should be. But maybe three hours is too long, and they're not stars because we see them for three hours every week. But this is a problem. And... It's not going to be up to creative. But creative is going to make some crazy storyline, and then everyone's going to go run into their TVs. No way. There's no way. This is a systemic problem that's happened for years. We have this in the schools. Oh, our schools aren't going well, so we've got to do this, this, and that, This these panic moves. Shit never works. Panic moves never work. They don't work. Over, over the period of time, they never sustain success. Because you know what, Corey? They're going to have this problem next year and the year after that and the year after that. It's going to get worse. If they don't build a system that continues to create stars that people give a shit about and care about, the ratings are going to continue to go down. They have too many guys who could be stars who the WWE doesn't let be stars. For whatever reason, whatever Vince feels like a star is or, or whatever he wants to do. But for whatever reason, things are being capped off. The women's division. Now there's actually some spice to it. It only took four months for this this thing to, to kind of have a little bit of spice to it. I don't know. I, I I you know listen. Vince is a wrestling god. He's we all know the success he's had. But I think I, I know that wrestling isn't where it was in society years ago, and it, it's looked at as a joke. And you know I get all that. But I think if you build stars, people will still care about wrestling. I really do. And they haven't built enough of them. They have not built enough of them. And if they don't, this problem will continue to happen. Who's a star on Raw? John Cena? Who else? Who's a star on Raw? A guy you have to see every week. Should I answer that, or is that a repetitive question there? Uh, I just want to say two things before I answer that. One, for all you parents out there who thought this was going to be a clean show... We've gone out the window with that, so we'll have the Fuck advisor. No. <laughs> and two, in the immortal worlds of Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come, I think, is Jay's uh, idea here. I don't know if we're building a cornfield in the middle of Iowa, but uh, we do have Seth Rollins. Um, well, you know what? Bring up the name Seth Rollins right there. You book your champion. I understand heel. We've had this many times. Ric Flair never won a match, and whenever he did, he looked, you know... He went and wound up making the baby faces look like the biggest stars in the world, no matter where he was. But in two consecutive nights, you have your world champion lose clean to John Cena. I mean, that's that's a problem where, you know, if you want to build a star, maybe the stars actually, the younger stars have to win occasionally. Um, are there any stars besides John Cena on Raw? <sighs> You know what? I don't think there really is. I mean, Cesaro is not a star. Kevin Owens is not a star. 
You can want to make him a superhero character, but Neville's not a star. None of these guys are stars. The only person who, for a little while, they try to make a star was Roman Reigns. And Reigns, we have seen time and time again, isn't ready to be at that level yet. Um, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan became a star by accident. CM Punk kind of became a star on his own, really through SmackDown and him having that kind of platform with the Straight Edge Society kind of started building him toward that. I mean, they either built stars by accident where Vince wasn't really paying attention or you know, that's kind of how it's gone. And this making stars, it does, I, I just I just don't, I don't think it works. I, I, not in this day and age, not anymore. In the 80s, you could tell people, this is what we want you to believe. So this is what you're going to believe. Stone Cold was built because he had this one saying and they said, okay, we'll go with what you want to do. And it was one of the greatest things ever. The Undertaker was different. They told you this is what we want you to believe, and that's kind of what happened. And I know that, you know, Vince has this belief that you make a star and this is what you do, but I really don't think that's what happens. Cena really became popular from the rap and stuff. It kind of a, just a natural way. It was his idea of doing this. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I think the, the the fact that there are no, you can't even think of a star. Other than Cena, there is none. Well, I don't care about Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns could be eventually, and I think Rollins, I think Rollins could be a huge baby face. I, I do. I think he seems like a really nice guy, and he's kind of playing a role. I think he could be an awesome baby face at some point in his career, kind of like a People said like a Jeff Hardy type who could actually talk. But, I mean, we'll see. Right? We'll see what happens down the road. I mean, before we started the show today, I uh, recently I've been into like trying to catch up on some podcasts, different things I haven't had a chance while, you know, I've been working a couple of crazy hours here and there. But uh, right before we get, went on the air today, WWE this past week on the network, had the first half, and I think either today, being Thursday or tomorrow, they're going to do the second half of the Eric Bischoff JBL interview, which I actually thought, having watched about 35 minutes of the first half of it, it's not, you know, pretty interesting stuff. One of the things that JBL went and asked Eric Bischoff was, one of the things that everyone always said about Bischoff was, he didn't make any stars. He took the guys that he brought in from the WWE or ECW, all the different places, and he built them, and he made them bigger. The only real guy that he mostly made a star was mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg. You know, I mean, the Jerichos yeah. of the world, the Nash, the Halls, the X-Pox, they were all some form of star before they got there. You know, I mean, the Rey Mysterios and the Eddie Guerreros, they were stars in, you know, Japan or ECW, different places where the characters were built. So I think it's it really is hard... To build stars. I mean, that's not making an excuse that you, you shouldn't be able to. And that was one of the things that you can say or maybe not say that Vince McMahon did at another point. I mean, a lot of the stars that he had during the 80s were stars that he took from the AWA. You know, the uh, Mr. Perfects, uh, Mr. Perfects of the World, the Hogans, the announcers, uh, you know, with the Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan. A lot of the guys he brought in were already pre-built names, and he made them, just like Eric Bischoff did, into bigger stars. So, you know what? Maybe the idea of making someone into a star 
isn't as easy as we think it should be. And we give, I think, Vince credit for something that maybe he's never really done. I mean, he made The Rock a star. He made... Who else did he really make a star that wasn't a proven product somewhere else? You know, the Austins, the Mankinds. He went to put them in the right situations. But did he? has he really made people into stars? I mean, TNA has made EC, EC3 in its own way maybe a star. You know, Kurt Angle was already a star before he got there. Jeff Hardy was a megastar before he got there. I mean, they've, they've hurt these people anyway. Joe was a, Joe and AJ, I guess you could say, were stars in TNA. But how many guys have actually really become stars from where they started? So, I mean, I want to go just be like you and Rip McMahon, Helmsley, and everyone else saying that, what are they doing? Why aren't stars being born? But it might become more <laughs> of the idea of why aren't they ready to push people faster than they are? I think that might be the bigger question of why they're I, not I think stars. Why, you know, for me, it, it's yeah, the creating stars thing is funny. I think my thing is different. I'm saying stars aren't really created. They're kind of born out naturally. Mm-hmm. They're more born out naturally. I mean, yeah, the guys in the 80s, the DiBiases, the Macho Mans, they got these guys from, you know, all over the country who were ready, good veteran workers, made them into these characters, and they were great. That was a different audience. Now the audience wants to see people that they like. That they naturally fall for. The Daniel Bryans, the CM Punks, those guys. And I think it's not about building a star that this is not a build star. That's not it to me. To me, it's that he's stymieing guys who could be. That's the big thing for me. Ziggler could absolutely be a star. We've talked about it a million times. He can work. He's a good-looking guy that the women will like. He seems like a super nice guy in real life who would be good for kids. I mean, he you know, does stand up, so he's funny. We haven't seen it enough on Raw. He looks more depressed than anything. But, you know, that's a guy that they can build. You know, there are guys there. Wade Barrett's awesome. You know, they can build. Apparently, he's probably doing another bad movie. But they can build him. There are guys there that they can do things with. You know, with Attitude Era, there were four stars. You had Taker. You know, more than four. You had Taker, Stone Cold, Rock. I think HBK was kind of around, not really around. I mean, you had four or five mental, you had four or five guys who were like in that mix. There's no reason they can't have four or five guys now. Always in the mix for the title. That's it. They don't need to win the belt every week. They don't need to, but you have those guys be in the mix. That's your main event. You have five guys who are your main event who are fighting for the title who mean something. Then you have an established mid card and an established low card. I don't understand why they don't do this. You got guys all over the place. Kevin Owens was wrestling John Cena, beating John Cena, then losing to everybody. Now he beat Ryback. What is he? So, I don't know. I think it's not that Vince is not creating stars. because I think he's styling guys who could be stars. And he's not letting the audience naturally go for guys. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's using his own thoughts and his process by which to go through it instead of letting the audience naturally create. So Triple H and Vince always say they listen to the audience, but I don't believe that that's the truth. Or maybe they do a little bit if they're, like, really crazy vicious, but I don't think they realize the kind of slow build of an audience to like somebody. I don't know. And listen, Vince is a billionaire. to make more money than I'll ever make. He's obviously done obviously done amazing things in the business, but 
I do think that's starting to hurt him now, and it's coming back to bite him, and it's going to continue to. Absolutely. And you know what? It's, it's one of the big topics we might, I think, hopefully we'll get to at some point this week is uh, Brock Lesnar is going to be, I mean, we all knew from a couple of months ago that he'd be doing the Madison Square Garden show, but, you know, we've got the interview now with Austin, and we've got the uh, Hell in the Cell match. These are prime examples of of the few people that are truly over and who actually stand out. They're bringing back and using dates that, you know, you would think you would use later on. We don't know how many dates Brock is now going to do. He might have a lot more dates or not. But the idea of seeing him three times in October, and especially for a B-level pay-per-view, instead of using him, the big match would take her at, uh, you know, WrestleMania, which has been rumored. I think that shows another thing of he's reliant on the stars of yesterday and has no faith of the stars of today. Yeah, he doesn't have any faith on these new guys. No faith on these on these guys. And, I mean, not even news. It has been there for years. Barrett's been there for years. He has no faith in these guys. I, I don't know. Lesnar's, Lesnar's a great example of the star that he made. I mean, Lesnar was, you know, a developmental guy, and he brought him up, and he shot him to the moon. And he is a guy they created. Now, UFC made him even bigger sure. than, than he was, and that, that UFC really made him the star that he is right now. But I think Vince definitely helped helped move that along. Let, let's talk about Brock for a minute. I, I think the, you know, you kind of brought it up, segue with Brock. Brocktober. What are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on Brocktober and, and what they're doing with him and the, the interview and, and the hell in the cell? And I, I mean, I guess they're doing this because of network subscription. I mean, I don't know, but the reason that they're doing it in your mind and your kind of thoughts overall on it. Uh, well, I think you said one of the most important parts, which I always harp on, is the idea of getting network subscriptions. Absolutely. Um, I think they most likely were encouraged on the idea that maybe The Undertaker can go a little bit longer than they thought. So they're going to use, uh, they're not just going to save him for, you know, the Mexic- the tour in Mexico and WrestleMania. Maybe we get a couple of more, not many, but a couple more matches out of him. So they can go in another direction. I think uh, Brock equals ratings. I mean... I think that's the main thing. Brock equals ratings, and if you're going to counteract football, the only time, or even in this case, maybe college football. On a, you know, I don't know what the game is in two nights, you know, two Saturdays from now, when he's doing the Garden Show. I know there's a UFC show that night, uh, um, so there is other stuff they're going up against. But Brock has every time Brock has been on, Brock has equaled to subscriptions. Brock has equal to people caring. Brock is equal to Sports Center coverage. As, as big as John Cena is, John Cena is not being interviewed on Sports Center. You know, Brock Lesnar when he's when he does something, Sports Center listens. Brock Lesnar, I think, is going to be there because of the fact that they need a plug. They need something to get people interested in this post SummerSlam Hayes. I mean, I'm not sure where this is going. I mean, we could talk about it this week or another week. What Brock does now at WrestleMania. But I think Brock is being in there to go and get those network subs up by the time that we have our next quarterly. You know, I think it's the third quarter, might be November or, or December. So you can get those numbers of people buying the network, and you get up your your numbers. I mean, 
isn't it free like every month now? Every month is like a free trial. Yeah, where, where, are, the where, where are the idiots who actually just don't create, you know, 47 different, maybe you are, but I'm not, 47 different, e you know, email addresses, and every month after 30 days, just create another one. I mean, you don't know how much that annoys me, but that's for another time. That's ten dollars. I don't. I, whatever. It's it's not. It's not a big. It's two. It's two beers or whatever. Not a big deal. But I. I think whatever they're doing. I. I think it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's funny because we talked about this yesterday. Uh, you know, Brock and Undertaker rematch was too big for WrestleMania, but apparently it's too big for SummerSlam and WrestleMania, and it's good enough for a B level pay per view. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really know, but. Um, I think Helen Hassel, I guess, is shaping up to be a big show, uh, apparently now. But, again, you're right. They need the network subscriptions. Um, you know, this is a big time for football, so they need to kind of get things rolling. And I'm sure they're going to have some big shows in October and, you know, kind of coming up. But, you know, if they're burning his appearances, what are they going to do with them at WrestleMania? I mean, I didn't agree to see Brock until the Rumble. They must be. They they must have them on more appearances. Um, so hopefully they do. Because if not, we're not going to see them for a long, long time after this. But we'll see what happens. I I think what they're doing with Brock is okay. And I think that if they need a network subscriptions, they need a network subscriptions. And there's it, it is what it is. But um, I'll be very curious to see, um, you know, where they go with that. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the women for a second and the, the divas and, and that thing. I thought Nana Chambers was fine. We definitely need to talk about Sting at some point because for 56 years old, he really looked good. For a while, he got bombed a few times. But I, I thought he looked really good for, for a while there. Um, but let's talk about the women. Paige had this promo. Basically, you know, Sierra Reed, our guest, said they need, they need one of these women to come on and basically do some type of, you know, backstage promo burying the women, and that might get things started. And that's exactly what they did. Whether it will get things started, I have no idea. But Paige lambasted Charlotte, told Becky she never won a Divas title, kind of like we talked about, whether she's relevant or not, very team bad, and told and basically said Nikki and Bria where they are because of who they're with. So I thought the promo was interesting. Where do you think they go with it? Do you think that this is going to do anything for the rivalry? Do you think it was just kind of like like that AJ promo she had before she left where they didn't do anything with it? I mean, where do you see them going with the, with the women here? Uh, you know what? I think the last thing you said is what, what it is. What it, it reminded me of, you know, AJ, you know, quote-unquote pipe bomb from a couple of years ago. And what did we really get out of that? Honestly, you know, did we really get anything out of the AJ Besides, you know, for 10 minutes being able to say, oh, oh, my God, what did she say? That's so, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, for the smart fans who, you know, somewhat believe it's real, um, that, oh, my God, is she going to get fired when she goes to the back for saying all these awful things about people? Oh, my God. You know, I mean, really, was there anything that was said in that promo that was any different from AJ? No. I mean, no. it was like, okay, we, we mentioned Natalia, and then. Ten, you know, 45 minutes later, we see her in the back. I guess we might, maybe before she goes for the title, she'll face, you know, Natalia on a, on a random roar or something. R really great way to bring, you know, bring her back, losing to uh, Naomi, but that's whatever. Um, I, honestly, until I see the results, I'm not overly, you know, 
excited about the what, what's going to happen as a result of it. Was it a good promo? Sure. Was it the the second or third maybe most memorable thing on Raw last this past Monday? Most likely, but I don't know if that's saying that as a good thing. I mean, Raw was pretty. Honestly, how much do you remember of Raw from you know this past Monday if you didn't rewatch it? It's not nothing that really stood out besides you know your champ, your world champion losing clean. I mean, again, and you know Kane, you know Kane coming back and not knowing that his mask was missing because I don't know what his storyline is now. <laughs> you know, if we see, you know, if we find out his name is Joseph Parks in a couple of weeks, I mean, get back to me. I don't know, but. Um, I don't know. The, the, the women's promo was it was a good promo. It was absolutely a good promo. I mean, uh, our buddy Henry uh, told me, you know, I should watch it because I was watching uh, the Jets game, you know, while that was going on. And so during halftime, that's the one thing I watched right away. And I was like, eh, that's a decent promo. Good, good job. But it wasn't like, okay, I'm ready. To, I'm reinvested in this women's revolution or, or the Divas the divas revolution as a result of that promo. It, it didn't say, Corey, you have to watch this now every week because of what Paige said. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the promo was more of a, a panic move because they know where the Stevens Revolution has been going, in the toilet. So it was more of a panic move, and I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. I, I really don't. I, I think it's going to be a, a panic move. I don't think it's really going to go anywhere or mean anything. Um, and, you know, as Sierra said, I just I don't have any faith in the WWE. I just don't have any faith in them with the women at all. But, oh, it does appear, just so you know, I know you've been very waiting with bated breath. According to Dave Meltzer, it looks like they're slowing the push down for Eva Marie. <gasps> so she's not going to be the NXT Women's Champion yes. on the next show. <laughs> I think they realized, like, bitch ain't ready yet. Like, I think they realize she's not ready for this mega push they're going to give her. Like, after seeing Sasha and Charlotte on the freaking NXT, now we're going to get Eva Marie with the title who can't wrestle, you know, anybody. So, thank goodness. Now, let's, let's, we're going to go forward to go back for a second. We didn't get a chance to bring this up, but something that we spoke about with Sierra and we spoke about in the past, the idea of a women's match main eventing a show. Well, we're going to get that at NXT... Uh, TakeOver Part 76 or whatever number it is at this point. I think it's called NXT TakeOver Respect. Uh, we're going to get you know the finals of the Dusty Invitational and we're going to get the main event and it's been said, a 30 minute Iron Woman's match between Sasha Banks, The Boss and Bailey. Now, what's your thoughts on you know what we've been thinking over the last couple of weeks coming true, the idea that I know it's not the main show but we're going to have two women main event to show. I, Corey, I think it's amazing. I do. Did you hear the crowd? They were just saying you deserve it for main eventing a show. I mean, it's the stuff, and that's why even Marie can't be pushed. Because the stuff they're doing at NXT is mind-blowing. I, I don't even think they should have even Marie in NXT. They should move it to the main roster or whatever. But the stuff they're doing at NXT is, is some of it is just amazing. And I'm so glad that they're having a women main event on the show. And I'm so excited to have them do that. That's my dog barking in the background. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited to have a women main event this show. And I, I think it's amazing. And I also think it's going to be a great show as well. 
and uh, we'd just like to say uh, thank Troy the dog for making the first appearance on the podcast. Uh, Troy, uh, good to see you uh, are barking with us today. Uh, But you know, it's crazy the idea of what works, what doesn't work. It's, you know, it's something that we always talk about, but I'm really happy the fact that women are going to be main eventing. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they actually, you know, talk about it on Raw because, you know, they do their uh, their little inserts for, you know, NXT here and there. I mean, it will be interesting because, like I said, you know, they they talk about things. Uh, they promote NXT a little bit here and there. It'll be interesting to see if they actually give some sort of support to the idea of saying that this is going to be the main event of this show. And it'll be interesting to see how that how people react to that. You know, you could have fans like, you know, you had that Monday on Raw Day after SummerSlam who it deserved and not deserved. You know, they basically booed those women out of the building. It'll be interesting to see what the, the regular audience will think of the idea of two women, you know, who aren't, you know, built like supermodels, a.k.a., you know, at the time, Trish and, uh, and Lita headlining a show. You know, I, I'll find that very interesting. No, I, I will too. I, I think it's... I think they'll be over. I mean, I, I, after their match at SummerSlam, you know, they've earned it. They've earned the main event this show. And uh, the crowd at the end, chanting Iron Woman, like, it's just, it's awesome. Um, and I'm all for, you know, women's success and women's equality, especially when they kick ass. And these women do, and they have the best matches on the show time and time again. So um, I'm excited for the match. I think we know the result, obviously, but... Um, I'm excited for the match still, and think it'll be a lot of fun. Trust me, we're a lot more excited for uh, for the next NXT show, as good or bad it will be, than uh, Bound for Glory, which is you know a week and a half away. And the reason I bring that up was because I actually watched uh, Impact for a couple minutes last night, and because we're talking about, Corey, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know, I was I was repenting my sins and everything else we do for Yom Kippur. Um, so I thought I'd start a whole new year of, of sitting by putting myself through TNA. But um, the reason I bring that up is because from what I did see, they actually had uh, their no- one of their knockout segments. And I actually thought that was done quite well with this. They're building to Gail Kim versus Amazing Kong. Shocking they're doing that again. It's great, but, you know, they're doing that again, you know. And they were able to work people together, the dollhouse and the return of the beautiful people. They worked everybody in, and I thought it was done well. So I just wanted to give that moment of saying that, Women's wrestling may not be done perfectly in the WWE, but it is being done other places, and I want to give credit where I see it's due. Um, but uh, honestly, do we really see this division changing that much as long as the Bellas are a central focus? Or do you think now that we've taken the title off of the Bellas, the Bellas are going to fade somewhat into the background for a little while? I mean, because I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with the idea. Not the fact of who they're dating, and this is why they get their push, even though there are people like that. But the idea that they're just so lesser quality of performers than some of these other women that, you know, people get frustrated. So what, what's your take on this? Are we going to see more of the Bellas, or are they going to go to the background a little bit? You know, there's always heels that just aren't as good workers as some of the baby faces and vice versa. I think they could be fine where they are. I don't think they either. Neither one of them needs to be the champion. But I think Nikki has got a lot better on the mic. You know, you know, you know. But Nipsley, I think Nipsley, Nipsley. Fi- Yeah, yeah. I think they're fine where they are. I do. 
But the other women need to get shots at the title. They need to win the title. They need to do stuff with them. Have Nikki on top. She's recognizable. People know who she is. That stuff's okay. But it's more about them being the the main and only stars of the division. That's the problem. And no one can ever beat them. That's the issue. And I think they've kind of leveled that off a little bit. Now, you know what they're doing with them? The same thing they do with the men. Everyone wins and everyone loses and no one's a star. They need to cut that shit out. They need to make a couple of stars out of that. Sasha and Charlotte, I mean, that's what they need to do. Make a couple of stars out of that. Make them the two baby faces. Make Nikki Bella the big heel that they that people can't stand and hate. That's why you build a few. You'll have Paige involved too. Make those four women, and I love Becky, and I, you know, I love some of the other women, but those four women should be the stars, and the division should be built around them in some capacity. Not because I think Nikki's better than Becky Lynch or whatever, because she's familiar with the audience, and she's already an antagonist to the audience, so she's kind of a natural heel. But those four women should be the ones to lead the division in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And we don't need Becky Lynch beating Sasha. I mean, I love Becky Lynch, but, like, we don't need that right now. We don't need that. Even in NXT, what did they have? They had a the pretty defined, they had a, you know, a mid-card. They didn't really have low card except for the jobbers. They had a mid-card and, and an upper-level card. That's what they had. And eventually women scratched and clawed their way to get higher. That's fine. But we shouldn't have Becky beating you know, Sasha Banks in her second week there. She just shouldn't do that right now. I mean, we'll, we'll disagree slightly on the potential of a, a Becky Lynch. I mean, I think she has a higher ceiling than you do. I oh, no, I think she has a very high ceiling, but just not yet. We oh, no, I, I understand that. I, I, if, I, we're, if we're thinking about who we can push right now, she's not it. And you need to have someone to put it. The Shield weren't losing to freaking anybody. That's what they need. They need to push stars. There's a reason why Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns are the basically the three guys in the company who are, other than Cena, I mean, and Lesnar, top guys because they built them up as stars. It wasn't an accident, not a coincidence that when WWE takes them as stars, the audience looks at them as stars. Sure, absolutely, and that's why certain people are still on top, going back to our original conversation from earlier in the hour. But uh, closing off on the, the stuff with the women, just, just I'm going to go on my soapbox for three seconds because I know that Jay has done that a couple of times today. But one thing that drives me crazy, and I'm going to be the first one to say that I am slightly anti-Bella. They're not my cup of tea. I mean, they're, they're beautiful to look at, just like majority of these women are. But could someone please explain to Brie Bella, just, just for two seconds, I know that your husband is Daniel Bryant, the most over guy, you know, when they're in the company. But are you a babyface or a heel? Heels do not go to the crowd screaming Brie mode. This woman is clueless. She's not a very good worker to begin with, and that's fine. But from week, I mean, one of the things that you hear on our podcast and other podcasts, the idea that I don't know if if the Bellas or the fans are supposed to know if the Bellas are heels or faces. Bree sitting there in the middle of a match, you know, doing these offensive moves that a baby face does, like her husband with the drop kicks. I know we say the same thing about Seth Rollins where he wrestles a face style and he's a heel. But, like, he does stuff that makes you know he's a heel. 
He may not cheat every three seconds, but Brie Bella is close. Oh, he's also awesome, by he's also yeah. awesome, by the way. Absolutely. I mean, Brie Bella can't even do the kicks right. No, she's clueless in there. I don't need to hear her. If, if she was a baby face, her going and screaming Brie mode and firing up like a baby face would be fine. I mean, she still can't work to save her life, pretty much. And I know she's gotten better from how bad she was in the first place. But can we someone please take this woman on the side and just say the words, you are a heel. Unless you're still doing the idea that at some point Bree's going to realize that her sister went and took advantage of her. And at some point we're still going to get the official turn where they face each other. You know, a year and a half later, which no one cares about besides, you know, me and my sick mind remembering that three seconds. Bree Bella. Wake the hell up and realize you're, I'm sorry, you're playing a heel. Stop with the baby face fire and everything. Just stop it. I'm sorry. I got that off my case. Uh, hopefully I won't have to bring that up again. But Listen, I, I disagree. Brie Bell is great. Both of, but both of them have that same problem. Although Nikki's doing a little better with establishing herself as a heel. Mm-hmm. Brie has, I, just, she's, oh, she's, she's no clue. She I do think she's gotten better in the ring, but I don't think she knows about. I don't think she knows, and this is one thing Nikki's got a lot better with. They told a very good story in that Charlotte match. I enjoyed that, and I think that's where one thing Nikki's done a lot better is she's become more advanced in her ring work and her ring psychology. Whereas Brie is just in there flying by the seat of her pants, screaming Brie mode and doing drop kicks. Oh my god! All right, I screamed about that. I got that off my chest. I'm happy now. Um... Let's see, a couple other items. I just want to get into this. Uh, New Day might be the most entertaining thing going on in in wrestling today. I love them. I think there's stuff they're doing with, you know, Save the Tables and, you know, the trombone and everything else that's going on. I think they're great. But are they heels or are they baby faces? I understand we're in the shades of gray and everything else. But babyface heel dynamic is what sells and what gets people in the building to, to buy tickets. I really think that there's a 50-50 or better chance, maybe more, that at that October 3rd show, you may need to do a double, you know, a double turn. Dudley's turn heel, and you have the New Day turn babyface. Because, Jay, like I said, I'll say it again, I think they're super entertaining. But do they come off as heels? Besides for three seconds, you know, telling the crowd that, you know... Adam Jones, you, you you know, you're great, but you're the, you're the only good thing in Baltimore or something. You know, they said at one point. Yeah. Well, Corey, listen, I, I said this several weeks ago, and you disagreed with me. The New Day's great, but do they need to be more heelish, more vicious? And they're not. Um, you know, Jim Ross and other old-school guys who I respect have talked about the fact that heels now don't really want to be heels. They want to be... The funny guy. They want to be the over guy. Um, and I also think that's part of the creative team's writing. And I think the Attitude Era was a big part of that. Where heels aren't really heels. I also think that's TV with The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and The Wire and all that stuff. Where heels aren't really heels anymore. We don't, our society has changed a bit from the black and white thing. Even people who are heels in our society, we just try to say, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad, you know what I mean? So, I think we still try to do that a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I think about what they did with the, 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 the table and 
He's like, I pulled the sand water in my butt, and they're so... It's hilarious. How could you not like them? Well, they're great. I think what the audience now is, what they do is they, you know, like guys who they respect, who they think are funny. They respect their ring work. I mean, that's kind of what's happening now. I think the Dudleys wrestle as they wrestle as heels, but they also were over over as baby faces in the past. So I I don't think you do a double heel turn. I think they do say do they have to continue to be heels. But as I said a few weeks ago, I think they have to be a little bit more serious. They have to be a little bit more like F the fans and not be funny and cute. They've gotta be what they were in the beginning of this thing. Just cornball, so the fans hate them. They've gotta do that a little bit more. We'll hey, see what happens. Hey, I'll give I'll give full credit to uh, Xavier Woods, the character doing, you know, this past week. He was on the two, on the trombone. He was doing the Rusev theme. I thought that was great. Uh, but you know, you sit there going, "Okay, I don't know why I hate these guys." I mean, but I guess you're right. Maybe you don't have to hate hate the people. You know, maybe you just have guys facing each other for no reason. I mean, it, the title's on the line. But you know, if you if you look at it, I, like I said, I love the New Day. But I just want to. I, I, it took me a minute to get to your side, but they need to do something to show why. The fans should, you know, stop saying New Day rocks. Because, you know, for a long time, it was the New Day sucks thing. Now it's more and more of the crowds are saying New Day rocks. And I don't know if that works in the long haul. I mean, hey, it sells T-shirts or it sells, you know, plastic tubas or trombones. But I don't know what it does for, you know, your, your overall product going into, you know, your biggest time of the year. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, let's see. Another thing that was interesting, I guess we could say, from Monday or from the whole weekend is the way that they treated Seth Rollins. I said it you know, earlier on the show, the fact that two straight nights, Seth Rollins lost clean to uh, John Cena. And I understand if you're losing to anybody clean, it more than likely it's okay to lose to Cena. But it's almost as if over the last couple of shows, the U.S. title feels more important than the world title right now. I don't know if it has to do with the fact that, you know, they brought back, you know, schizophrenic Kane or whatever his, his deal is going to be. But maybe you disagree with me, but I, I really feel like it's not the, the, you know, the chicken shit heel dynamic anymore. It's the idea that do, oh, do we really care about the world title? Is it, it doesn't feel like it means that much. It's the same thing we talked about before. You know who the world champion is? Triple H. I mean, that's what it is. Every time something happens, it goes to mommy and daddy and asks what the plan is. <laughs> you know? Whenever the four horsemen want to know what the plan is, they went to Ric Flair. You know, J.J. Dillon would be involved, too. But that's who they went to. They didn't go to freaking anybody else. And that's the problem. You look, and the more, I've been thinking about that the more and more these last few weeks. Um, when those guys, I think Alex Greenfield and Ed Farrar mentioned it on, on a podcast. Since they mentioned it, I've been thinking about that more and more and how he looks to the audience. And he just looks like a pussy. And I don't mean like, uh, we want this guy to lose and he keeps getting away from stuff. I mean like, uh, ugh, get away from me. Get away from me. Go see mommy and daddy and get away from me because you're not a threat. He's not a threat. I mean, he is amazing as in, in, in the ring. And he's very good on the mic and has improved a lot. But I just don't like what they're doing with them. Obviously, they're trying, setting up some Triple H thing down the road. I get it. But 
man, I don't like what they've done with him. I really don't. I'm glad he's a champion. And I think he's a guy they're always going to have close to on top. I think they've kind of established that he's going to be a guy like that. I don't think he'll be wrestling, you know, the, I don't think he'll be wrestling for the IC title anytime soon. But the way they're booking him isn't, isn't awesome. He's getting killed by Kane. He's, you know, he, he's, you know, when Kane went against Brian before, we killed that. You know, he's going against Kane. He's losing to Cena. I mean, he hasn't, he has not beaten Cena. He lost to him. He, he, he beat him once in the four times they wrestled. He beat him once because of John freaking Stewart. Other than that, he tapped out the first time and he's lost the back-to-back nights. Like, what are we saying here? Does, uh, does that remind you of what we've said in the past about Cena feuds? Cena will lose the first match and then he beats the other guy until we don't he care about him. He won the first match. He, lo- he won the first match. Then he lost the second match. Then he won the other two. It's, ridi- it's ridiculous. I, I love Cena. I don't know if I love him, but you know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. But this is, I mean, what are we talking about, right? I mean, they build one guy up. That, that's not a coincidence that they have one star in the show. Not a freaking coincidence hey, at all. Hey, look at this. Very simple. It's at the October third show, the one that you know they've all been talking about, the Brock Lesnar return against the Big Show, which we can get to in a second. Quickly with the whole Cesaro treatment. But the ty- the match is going to be steel cage match, Cena versus Rollins, not for the world title, but for the U.S. title. Maybe they'll change that in the next week or so. I don't think so with all the advertising going on. I know card subject to change, but if the world title is your most important title, it should be John Cena trying to get the world title right now. Not yes. the. It's just like. You're sitting there going, "All right, I understand John Cena was great in the uh, ice and the the U.S. Uh, challenge, which I'm glad they're doing again. I'm ex- I, hopefully, they're going that way." But when he yeah, but doesn't but doesn't it make sense for Cena to go after the title after he said, "Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I've beaten this guy three out of four times, and one time was an absurd interference. I should be." I agree with you. <clears throat> I agree. Now, I know we're burying the lead with the stuff with Sting, but just want to get to, because we are talking about the whole entire MSG show and things that could go on, this past week, they had to figure out a way to go and pump up the Big Show. Big Show had a decent promo afterwards, was fine, saying how we beat Lesnar, you know, 11 or 12 years ago, however long, Jesus Christ, so how old we are, uh, beat him for the title and everything. But in the process, before we got there, he had a three minutes, almost entire squash match against Cesaro. You know what? There are guys who are mid-card guys, and then there are guys who are barely in the mid-card, maybe lower mid-card right now. And congratulations, Big Show, you're getting another payday at Madison Square Garden. But who did Cesaro piss off? I know everybody's got to go through their time of, you know, being in the lower part, but... This guy was facing John Cena on back-to-back weeks for the U.S. title, you know, showing great promise, having, you know, a year and a half ago great matches against, you know, Randy Orton and these great matches out against Kofi. He had really good matches against Kevin Owens about a month and a half ago. Now he's getting knocked out in less than, you know, five minutes to the big show. Jay, be the voice of reason here. Explain to me what's going on. They, I mean, Big Show's been here for a long time. 
Cesaro apparently is, is from Switzerland, and he can't speak the English language as well as Vince would like. So that's what happened. I mean, I, I don't know. I, again, Big Show's a big opponent. Him and Brock have had some good matches in the past. I guess they figure, but he went against Kofi Kingston last time. Why not put him against Cesaro? But I figure, I guess they figure Big Show will be a good opponent. Corey, I have no idea. Just, it's I have just, no idea. Maybe if you could even put Cesaro out there, they'll actually cheer for Cesaro, and that could hurt. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, Corey. It doesn't. I don't know. It's I don't just, even know how the Big Show's out there anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe this, maybe this is the end for the Big Show because the the whole type thing we've been talking about for quite a while is the fans chanting for the Big Show to retire, and maybe we. This storyline coming out of this match, which I doubt it will be. The fact Brock beats him so bad that, you know, he basically has to time a bunch of time off so he can maybe refresh the character a little bit. So when he turns another seven times, you know, before he retires, who knows? Um, but let's let's move on to Sting quickly. Just, uh, and I've always said, time after time, my favorite wrestler of all time, blah, blah, blah. You know, the reason why I still watch, yay, yay, yay. But, um... He put on, him and Seth put on one heck of a show at night, Champions. It was better than I ever thought it would be. Key thing was he wasn't wearing a t-shirt, so we actually saw he was in shape. Um, it sounds like, uh, I guess one of the doctors said that they're surprised he, there was a chance he would have not been able to walk anymore after what had happened with the uh, the buckle powerbomb. We, we, we hope for the best. I mean, I don't know if we see him again. I'm sure that he wants to come back again, but... He put on one hell of a show, and it's sad to see if this was the end. One thing, one, he went for the title, and he had a chance to wrestle for the one title. He never really had a chance for it, but the other part, it's a sad way to go if this is the end. Yeah, I agree. I, but you know what? Not really a sad way to go. He wrestled in the main event of a pay-per-view for the WWE World Heavyweight title. So he wrestled what I thought was a pretty good match. It wasn't the, wasn't the best match in the world, but I thought it was actually a pretty good match. So... I don't think it'd be a sad way to go out at all. I mean, it'd be tough to go out because he's injured, but I don't think it'd be a bad way to go out. I think that he wrestled a pretty good match against one of the best workers in the world, and he lost in the main event of a pay-per-view. So I, I, I don't think it'd be a bad way to go out, actually. I think WrestleMania losing for, for freaking Sledgehammer wasn't a great way to go out. So I'm, I'm, this is a much better way. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. You know what? I'll give, I'll give him and Seth a lot of credit. They had a much better match, a much... I don't know if the right word is dangerous match, but a much more physical match than I ever thought they would have, especially for a 56-year-old man who, yeah, he was in TNA wrestling for a good part of that time, but a guy who I didn't expect to do nearly as much as he did. So, I mean, my hat's off to Sting. I mean, it always is, being the fact he's one of my favorites of all time. But hopefully, you know, we see Sting again, and maybe he gets another WrestleMania moment. Maybe it's against Undertaker, maybe it's against someone else, but hopefully he comes back and... He, he heals properly from this. Now, um, I guess one or two last things uh, for this show. Just want to cover. It came out during uh, our quote-unquote break. It appears we have more details on the whole TNA Global Force Wrestling situation, on what exactly was going on, on why Jeff Jarrett and, and his guys were on, uh, on, uh, on what, Destination of America for those Weeks, I mean, in a, in a Sports Illustrated article, Dixie Carter, you know, said a couple things. One, that they're going to be on, it looks like, till the end of the year. So that's interesting. I guess Destination America is maybe giving them 
some time to find another home or they're still negotiating. We don't know exactly what's going on, but we do know that the Dave Meltzer story was true from the very beginning due to the fact this was supposed to be a multi-year deal. And Dixie finally said the idea that the deal is basically over at the end of the year. So congratulations, Dave Meltzer. You know, you add the story right from the beginning. But, which you know, he usually does. Which he usually does. But it's interesting, the idea of which makes you think maybe other things, that the reason why Impact Wrestling had Global Force there was it was basically almost like a timeshare type of deal where Jeff Jarrett would sell his 10% ownership back to the company for this time on TV. So, I mean, one, I guess we'll bring to you, was do you think their their time on network television, Destination America, did anything for the Global Force brand? And two, do you think maybe now that Dixie and Pan Energy own the whole entire company again, do you think maybe they sell it, maybe we finally get a sale of the company? With, of course, the words Dixie Carson has to be an on-air personality, but maybe we're going Corey, towards who, the Corey, who, who's going who's gonna to buy it? Spike TV. Why, why would you buy it? Because uh, just like... Spike TV is out of the wrestling business. I don't, think that's, I don't know if that's true. I think I uh, supposedly her and Kev, uh, Dixie and Kevin K still have a good relationship, and may, maybe not, but maybe WGN with the whole entire thing with Billy Corgan, you know, when they had the Wrestling Society... Uh, his wrestling uh, project they were thinking about doing at one point. I mean, there's possibilities there, but it, but what do you think though? Global Force Wrestling did it make any sort of an impact at at all during its you know five weeks or whatever of programming? Sure. So to answer your first question, I don't know if anyone's going to buy this thing. Did was that? I mean, they were on TV, so that was good for five weeks. The problem is going to be first of all they had jobbers on there, but. Yeah, it was good advertising. Yeah. It was good advertising. But, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. Is What do you do now? Do you... The, the real question is, when can they get on the air? When can they get a TV show? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they end up not getting a TV show in America in the next six months, year, then it wasn't worth it at all, obviously. Um, if they get a deal, then... You know, where they can make money or at least, you know, not get destroyed profit margin-wise, then it was a good deal. So, really, we're not going to know for six months to a year whether this was a good deal or not. Um, but if I had to guess, I'd say this probably didn't really help them much. I mean, I, I don't think this did a lot for them in terms of that. But if they get something out of it, then it'll have to be worth it. Absolutely. Um, other small nugget from, I guess, the, end of the non-WWE end. Uh, it's great to see that Lucha Underground will be back for season two. I think we all thought for quite a while it would be, but the longer it had taken, the more of a chance that maybe it wasn't. So they're going to be back in, in their old home. Uh, they'll be on the El Rey Network. Don't know if there will be any other things. If Univ- uh, Univision will continue, like uh, the, the Spanish version. I haven't heard that yet, but uh, starting in December, they'll be taping shows again. Beginning of the year, you'll have uh, a second season. I'm hoping, you know, the Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio will be part of it because I'll be an interesting twist to the whole type thing where they left off. Um, your thoughts on the return of uh, Lucha Underground, and do you think that it's going to be the same type of product we had, or do you think they have to evolve a little bit being in a season two? Lucha Underground is the best professional wrestler on television. It's been that way since they came in, 
They are a fun, exciting product. Um, something I look forward to every week. And I'm very excited that they're coming back for a second season. Um, I think that they're fine. I think they could do a little less with the gimmick matches all the time. You know, a little less with the gimmick matches and um, some of like the stuff they go a little too far with and like there's some of their cinematography. They just do a little bit too much with stuff. But overall, I think it's an amazing product. I think you talk about learning how to build stars. I think they can do that and I think they've done that in their whatever year time that they've been a company. I don't know how they make money, but you know, whatever. Hey, production <laughs> values. Yeah, the, the amount yeah. they're paying on production is, is ridiculous. So I'm, yeah, so you're they're paying some of those dudes good money. Puma and, and, and Del Rio and Mysterio if he goes there. So they're paying dudes good money. But you know what? Don't care about that. It's not our money. I, I, I would give some of my money to watch that. Like I'd pay $20 a month to watch, a, you know, watch that. That's how good it is in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm glad they're on the air. Um, I think they, they could do a little less with some of the, they go a little crazy, I think, with some of their, their stuff. But I think overall, they have a very, very good show. They build stars and they can t- should continue to do what they're doing. And so I'm just going to let, uh, Richard, uh, Robert Rodriguez and, uh, Christopher Joseph know that they can be expecting a check from you every month for 20 bucks. I'll let them know that. <laughs> so, um, good, good for you. Um, guess quickly, just want to let everybody know that we're not going to talk about it much right now, but if you want to watch one show from this past weekend, it would have not, been, it wasn't Night of Champions. It was on Friday. I think Ring of Honor put out a great show, a lot of really good matches, a lot of interesting developments in story, which sometimes we don't really see with the whole entire Adam Cole situation. Not going to, baby, don't want, to, don't want Jay to get angry at me. Uh, won't say how that turned out. You have to watch, but I think that was done pretty interestingly. But I would definitely, if you had to only choose one of the two, I'd go with Ring of Honor. I think Ring of Honor was a really good show. I don't know, Jay, if you have any quick, I know you only saw a couple of the matches, but from what you saw, would you say that it was a better show than Night of Champions? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the show a lot. I thought it was a really good show. But the Night of Champions, from what I saw, um, yeah, probably. But I did enjoy Night of Champions quite a bit, though. Um, it wasn't like the best show in terms of surprises and things like that, but I thought it was a really solid wrestling show. And so, I don't know. I, I think they were both pretty good, actually. Very cool. Uh, and in closing... Uh, New Japan is back with a couple of shows, New Japan World, which I haven't had a chance to see yet, but I've heard they were good. So me and Jay mostly will try to check them out before the next show. Um, I started watching it yesterday. I was watching it yesterday a little bit. Oh, there you go. So we'll definitely then most likely at least mention it next show. But I think we covered a lot of good things this week, Jay. Um, got a couple of weeks to uh, the next pay-per-view, Bound for Glories next weekend. I'm sure we'll... Say, oh, Bound for Glory happened, and that will be about it. Due to the fact that I don't think they even have any TV tapings coming up, but that's another subject. Um, but, Jay, if you want to go and let people know about our great sponsor and how they can get in contact with us and follow us, let us let them know. The floor is yours. So uh, our sponsor is Punch Apparel, clothing that rocks, www.punc.co. Check out that site. Is there anything on there that you'd like? Type in SHOOT, they're all in caps, at checkout and save 15% off your entire purchase. And shipping is free. So uh, please uh, check that out. That would be great and help us out. 
Corey and I are on Twitter. The official Twitter of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast is at Work Shoot Pod, and Corey is at Paladin Eight Hundred Eight. I share my thoughts on Raw, you know, on random shows. So um, sometimes I'll put sports stuff out there, but not too often. Usually Raw and, and, and wrestling related stuff. Um, check out our site www.workshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. Subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. We do episodes on. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we're all over the place. So please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, just type in the Work Shoot Podcast on your iTunes and subscribe. And please leave a review, too. Um, that would be awesome. And our uh, Facebook page is the Work Shoot Podcast. Um, usually we put up, you know, links to different articles, links to our podcast. So that's where you can check us out. Perfect. And just as usual... Thank you for listening to the show every week. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it, but I know that Jay was looking at it a little bit while we were on the air. Uh, it looks like RollingStone.com uh, did an interview with Okada from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sounds like it was an interesting read, so I would say people to check that out. And uh, the last thing I see people should check out this week is uh, part one. I guess now tonight will be part two of... Eric Bischoff with JBL on the uh, WWE Network. I think it's called Legends with JBL or JBL and Legends. I'm not sure what the exact title is, but I'm sure it'll be pretty easy to find. Heard the first part. It was a pretty interesting listen. But for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond saying, thank you for always for listening and keep on watching wrestling because someone has to. Jay? I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Great. 